Attention. This podcast contains subject matter that may not be suitable for all ages. Listener discretion is advised. From out of the darkness, you hear voices that send shivers down your spine. That feeling of dread is undeniable when you notice the monster under the bed is trembling. The aliens are scrambling to get back to the mothership, and the vampires are refusing to rise. Your reptilian overlords are pleased to force on you two humans they swear are not their captives. Your hosts, Michael and Wendy. This is Eerie and Absurd. Welcome back to Eerie and Absurd. I'm Mike. I'm Wendy. And this is going to be our Miss of Monday. Because we missed it last week. We did. We've had some recording issues. Yes. I think we've sorted it out. Yes. There was a lot happening, but we're all good now. Everything's good to go. And we will also have a Missing Monday next week. It'll put us back in order. So you're getting double Missing Mondays. Yes. (laughs) But we got a good story coming up. No, No teasers? No teasers. Okay. All right. So today we are going to talk about Lucy Rebecca Meadows. This is an interesting story. Bizarre, to say the least. Yes. All right. So let's just jump right into it. On July the 25th of 1996, Lucy Meadows was reported missing by her mother, Yong Meadows. Lucy, a cute three-year-old girl with brown hair and brown eyes, had been riding with her mother to the Rivergate Mall, which is located in Goodlettsville, Tennessee. Uh, Goodlettsville is about 20 to 25 minutes north of Nashville, Tennessee. At the time of her disappearance, Lucy lived at her family's farm in Clarksville, Tennessee with her mother, Young Meadows, her older brother, Daniel, and a friend of her mother's was also living at the home with her two younger children. Lucy's parents were separated at the time of her disappearance, and her father, Tom Meadows, was not living at the residence. Lucy's mom, Young, told police that they had arrived at the mall around 5.30 p.m. and parked near the Kastner Knot department store. Young had recently left a waitressing job to try and sell her handmade purses so she could work from home and take care of her two children. She was visiting the mall to either try to get like a kiosk or she was actually going to try to get a contract possibly with one of the department stores so that she could sell her purses. Initially, Young stated she had unbuckled Lucy from her car seat and that Lucy got out of the vehicle from the driver's side back seat. Now, while this was happening, Young walked around to the front passenger seat to grab her displays, and when she turned around, Lucy was nowhere to be found. So, like, the time frame was, like, less than a minute, maybe a full minute, but, you know, she, like, turned her back and then turned back around and she was gone. Of course, Young begins to search for Lucy all over the parking lot, and she's, like, loudly calling her name, searching between vehicles and stuff like that. Luckily, though, a passerby in the parking lot hears her distressed. Here's Young calling for Lucy, and so the passerby calls the police. So back then, since this is 96, cell phones were very new, and so they did call from their cell phone. It was not common for everybody to have cell phones at that time, so that was very lucky for her. Mm -hmm. Once the police arrived, an extensive search began starting with the immediate parking lot, and then it expanded to the nearby stores. Now, while speaking with police, Young stated that she never heard or saw any vehicles or people when her daughter disappeared. Now, the Goodlesville Police Department, they set up a mobile command unit, and they, by the end of all of this, they ended up interviewing more than 100 witnesses and relatives. 
Um, they followed up on tips that were called in and they watched surveillance videos from the surrounding parking lot. But unfortunately, the only thing surveillance showed was Yong walking around looking for Lucy. And even the surveillance, it was skewed by some of like the shrubbery and stuff that was in the parking lot, you know, the decoration. Uh, they couldn't see everything. It's probably horrible quality any, anyhow. Oh, yeah. So one of the witnesses from the parking lot where Lucy went missing stated that they had seen a man and a woman leave with a small child in a champagne colored van right before Lucy went missing. The witness also stated that the van was about 150 feet away and the van has never been identified. And given the distance, it may have nothing to do with Lucy. So it may just have been a family Mm -hmm. like at the mall leaving. Around the same time frame as Lucy's disappearance, there were two other young girls in the surrounding area that had been kidnapped. Nine-year-old Jackie Beard from Clarksville, Tennessee, was abducted on July the 8th of 1996. And seven-year-old Morgan Violi from Bowling Green, Kentucky, was abducted on July 24th, 1996. There was even a public service announcement from the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children where all three of these mothers actually got to meet and request nationwide help to find their daughters. Unfortunately, both of these girls were later found murdered. Jackie had been abducted, abused, and murdered by a man named William Glenn Rogers, and Morgan's abduction and murder are currently unsolved. About two weeks after Lucy's disappearance, Yong's story changes. Initially, it was she turned her back for just a moment to possibly 10 to 15 minutes had passed before she even noticed that Lucy was missing. Oh, that's a long time. That is a very long to time. To just be getting stuff out of your vehicle mm-hmm. and not knowing... Having eyes on your little three-year-old? Yeah, that is a long time. Yeah. Due to this time change, police did decide to re-interview Yong. However, at the time, they didn't believe that Yong was trying to be deceptive, and the only difference that may have occurred between missing for seconds and minutes would have actually been their search radius. So they probably would have extended it out further instead of staying so close. Mm Mm-hmm. Even Tom, Lucy's father, states in a Tennessean article from August 10th of 1996 that he didn't believe Yong was intentionally trying to deceive anyone and that she was a very good person and a good mother. Some of the witnesses that spoke with police stated that they saw Lucy with her mother, but some of the other witnesses stated that they had never seen uh, Lucy with Yong that day, like when she was out running errands. Uh, Police do give both parents polygraphs, so Tom passed his polygraph, but Yong takes two, one given by the TBI and one given by the FBI, but both were showing deception. So, you know, polygraphs are polygraphs. Yong, the lawyer, argued with this specific situation, since English was not her first language, Korean was, so that was going to skew the result, especially if she didn't know how to answer a question or if she was getting flustered because she couldn't answer the question in English, like it was going to mess up the yeah, result. Yeah, didn't fully even understand it, maybe. Exactly. Yeah, the way it's worded. That makes yeah. sense. So, Yang does stop cooperating with police at this point once she has that second deceptive polygraph. Lucy's dad, Tom, he does end up offering a $5,000 reward for information that will lead to Lucy's whereabouts. Tom and Yang had been separated for about a year when Lucy disappeared, Initially, Young had filed for divorce in November of 95, but it was dismissed in April of 96 due to there being no proof of the allegations of adultery and inappropriate marital conduct. On August 12th of 96, Young had refiled for divorce, citing irreconcilable differences and inappropriate marital conduct. And at that time, she was also seeking custody of both of their children, along with alimony and child support. Okay, so just for a moment, I'm going to take you on a little bit of a roller coaster. So just bear with me. So, Yong 
had been previously married before she had met Tom Meadows. She had originally met an American serviceman named Larry Brockmeyer when she was a waitress in South Korea. They got married about eight months after meeting, and when she comes back to the States with him, they end up having a daughter named Amy. Since he is active duty, like he's being stationed in different locations all over the place, and he ends up in Germany. Young stays in the States with her daughter, but ends up filing for divorce, stating that she just wants out. She just wants out of the marriage, even after he leaves Germany, comes back to the States to try to fix the relationship. Now, custody is granted to both parents, but 10 days after the final divorce hearing, Yong goes to her first husband and asks him if Amy can be taken to his parents until she can fix her money situation. But years go by and nobody hears from her until Amy is around 16 when Yong makes contact requesting to see Amy again. Um, They do end up meeting, and everything is pretty wonderful, and Amy even gets to meet Tom, you know, Daniel, and Lucy. Now, one interesting thing is one of the articles had stated, Larry had stated that in the Korean culture, when a man and a woman get divorced, that usually what happens is, is the man, he gets the children, and the women in his family actually uh, raise the children, and the mom doesn't have contact with them anymore. So even though for us, this seems like a weird situation. Yeah, it's usually the opposite. Yeah, it's really not like this isn't like weird for her. Young, who had been a lifelong Buddhist, began attending a Korean Christian church in Oak Grove, Kentucky. It was at this church where she met another native Korean, a woman named Hyung S. Dai, also known as Tammy. So we're going to call her Tammy from here on out. Young and Tammy Dye quickly became friends, and when Tammy needed a place to stay due to her husband leaving the Air Force, Young was happy to help. Tammy and her two youngest children moved into the Meadows' home. Tammy's husband did not make the move, and they ended up getting divorced at a later time. It was after meeting Tammy that Tom, Amy, and Young's sister felt that something was changing in Young. Young began cutting off phone calls with her female relatives. The initial persistence of regular weekend phone calls between Amy and Yong began to dwindle to the point that the last conversation the two had was Yong answering the phone going, oh, it's you. I don't want to talk to you. Bye. Oh, okay. Tom states that his and Yong's relationship began to go downhill pretty fast with uh, constant arguing after Tammy moved in and after Yong announced that Tammy would be staying there forever instead of the initial agreed two to three weeks. One night after an argument, Tom went outside to cool off, and Yong told him not to come back. Apparently, Yong states that she did make Tammy leave, but when Tom didn't return or call after she made her leave, she asked Tammy to come back the next day. So I don't know if he even knew that she had asked her to leave. Yeah, didn't give much of a heads up there. Yeah. So four months after this separation, so he's they've been separated for four months, Yong comes to Tom requesting that they renew their marriage vows. She is all over the place. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, Tom refuses due to them still not reconciling their differences. He's like, you know, we got to fix what's broke. Then let's consider renewing our vows. However, in November, Yong has invitations printed for the ceremony that he has not agreed to. Um, She goes to Tom's place of work to show him where they start to have an argument. The argument moves outside where Yong ends up throwing the invitations at Tom and leaving, then files for divorce a week later. Mental breakdown? Something. Yeah. She, I don't, hot and cold, literally. Just for reference, Tom, he works at Austin P, but he also um, works at a real estate agency. 
And it was at the real estate agency that that occurred, the argument in the parking lot. Mm-hmm. Now, after this, though, things become increasingly unpleasant. So according to court documents, Young would make scenes outside of Tom's real estate office and his business office at Austin P. She even visited the president of Austin P. trying to get Tom fired. <laughs> she told a friend that if he didn't straighten up, that she was going to shoot him. She apparently made threats to his colleagues that she would blackmail them if they didn't get Tom in line and have him sign divorce papers. Happily. I will happily sign these. <laughs> He's being a nice guy Is the he whole refusing time. to sign them? I don't know. I don't know the whole story on that one. And maybe um, there's a process to this, so I'm not sure. Are, were there even divorce papers? Like, was everything drawn up like it was supposed to be? Maybe he was contesting certain things. Yeah. You know, not agreeing to everything in it. Um, In March is when Tom requested a restraining order to keep Yong away from his friends and his colleagues. So this same month, Yong gives Tammy power of attorney to sign checks, contracts, and other documents for her. But according to Tom, the power of attorney was only given so that Tammy could take care of the children if something happened to Yong. Why not him? Yeah. She doesn't need to be signing checks on because they have a joint account. Yeah, that no, that's she not does good. not need access to that information or contracts like none of that. No, 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 ma'am. Um, after the first divorce petition was dismissed in April, Tom was still paying the expenses at the farm. He had been ordered to kind of he, he had to still pay for these things. You know, he was still uh, paying for young and the children, the things that they needed. It was also ordered that he still get regular visitation with both children. However, Young would not let him see or speak to them. During late June, Tom begins the process to have Tammy evicted from the farm. But since she's considered a guest of Young's, an eviction cannot occur. So Young's attorney was like, "Uh uh-uh, this can't happen. She's just a guest. Right. It is several days after this, after this eviction, like he tried to get this eviction. This is when Lucy disappears. Three weeks after Lucy's disappearance, Young files for divorce from Tom for the second time. Tom ended up filing for temporary custody of both children when he found out that Lucy had been found outside wandering around alone and crying in the cold. Apparently, Young had also left Lucy's 11-year-old brother home alone for extended time periods. Now, I'm not sure how long these extended time periods are, if it was just a little bit or if one of them was, she had counter-argued that it was to go talk to the police in regards to Lucy missing and her babysitter didn't show up. And so how could she be in trouble for that? Maybe reschedule. Yeah, they can come to the house. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know the rules on that one. The judge in the custody case felt that Daniel would be better off with Yong because Tom hadn't seen his children for almost a year. Because she wouldn't let him. Exactly. Yeah. But she also, one of the kids is missing uh, under her care. You've already lost one of them. I, I don't, this was, a, I don't understand. This is the time period, probably. You're probably right. Um, there was an incident when Yong requested her mother, her half-sister, and stepsister uh, come to her home for a family meeting. Thinking it had to do with Lucy's disappearance, they were shocked when Yong began accusing her mother of being a bad mother and being jealous of her friendship with Tammy. Yong's half-sister states that Yong slapped their mother, which infuriated her, and in return, she punched Yong. Then, Yong's half-sister tries to get into the house to see Danny, but Tammy locks the door and won't let her in. So she gets a bat, breaks the glass on the door, and while trying to get in like they're wrestling with the lock, she somehow comes away with handfuls of Tammy's hair. 
The police were called, but no charges were filed in either one. Granted, after Lucy goes missing, everybody's on high alert. Everybody is stressed out. The whole family. It's not just the parents that are stressed out about stuff like this. It's grandparents, it's aunts, it's uncles, it's siblings and things like that. So obviously tensions are high. And the family is very cautious about Tammy. They do not trust her. They do not. It Apparently, everything associated with the change in Yong is associated with Tammy. Mm. So, we do know that the police searched the Meadows Farm on September the 3rd. A cadaver dog had picked up on a scent twice that could have been Lucy's near a pond, but nothing was ever found. A second search was centered near a farm owned by the Meadows, but again, nothing was found. The cadaver dogs kept hitting on stuff, but they couldn't. They never found anything substantial. Yeah, no evidence. Yeah. The inconsistency of the mother's story is the most concerning. So one article stated that Young said Lucy was missing at a mall in Clarksville, Tennessee, before she ever said that she went missing from Rivergate Mall. So she was apparently already telling people that she'd been missing. Yeah. Another article states that a witness told police that Young was saying Lucy was missing before ever going to Rivergate Mall. Now, I don't know if this is the same witness and the articles just worded it differently, or if it's two different witnesses and the stories are totally two different things. Investigators have stated that they do not think Lucy was present at the mall on the date she supposedly went missing. And with the surveillance footage not showing her at all. Yeah. And a lot of witnesses saying that it was just the mother. Now, in 2006, a witness came forward saying that they had information about Lucy. At the time of Lucy's disappearance, this witness would have been 12 years old. Now, I did find another article that stated that it was actually 2004 when this person came forward, but they didn't release, the police didn't release this information until 2006. The witness whose name was not released told police he remembers seeing Lucy lying on the floor of her parents' home in Clarksville and that she could have been dead. He says that Lucy was wrapped in a blanket and the adult were panicked and huddled around her, shouting her name, like trying to get her to wake up or answer them or respond in any way. After telling his account of events, he was given a polygraph and he did pass. At her disappearance, now, oh, let me say this. I can't find anything after 2006 other than memorial information. Yeah. So I, obviously that didn't pan out, whatever was happening here, but that was the most recent information. It was 2006. Um, At her disappearance, three-year-old Lucy Rebecca Meadows was described as a biracial Asian Caucasian female, two feet, eight inches, and weighed 30 pounds. She was last seen wearing a long button-down blue denim dress, white socks, and white canvas shoes. She has brown hair and brown eyes. Um, If you have any information, please contact the Goodlesville Police Department at 615-859-3405 or the Montgomery County Sheriff's Office at 931 Six four eight zero six one one. What a crazy story! It seemed like not much of a story, honestly, until we like started really looking at it. Yeah. yeah, it was just a you know a little missing girl, and then it just kind of turned wild. And then the fact that somebody came years later. It's sifting through all of these old newspaper articles mm-hmm. where you find the, the strange information. Yeah, that's not in just regular articles that people have written. So there's a picture of Lucy, and we'll post it. And then there's an age-progressed picture mm-hmm. of what she may look like. I don't know how current that one yeah, is. Yeah, I was going to say, it looks like she's still pretty young. So it, yeah. it's not current to today's standards. but Yeah, but we'll, de- we'll, we'll link both of those. This will be our Missing Monday. We'll have another Missing Monday next week. Yes. Then we're doing werewolves. You're not supposed to give a teaser. You can cut it out. 
Oz teasing you. <laughs> so until next time. If you know something, say something. Let's get this solved. Bye. Until next time, fellow Absurdians, remember, everything you've heard is true, monsters are real, and the strangers in black are not a figment of your imagination. Don't forget to subscribe and rate us on iTunes or your favorite podcast streaming service. Do you have a story you want to share? Contact us at eerieandabsurd at gmail.com or visit our website at eerieandabsurd.com to submit a suggestion. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram, both at eerie underscore absurd.